guys, I want to get loud all of a sudden. I, I'm Do it. Sorry, I'm loud. I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat it. Yeah! <laughs> I knew it was coming. I'm sorry, guys. Get I need back. to do that. It is. It is. You feel like Poseidon chucking that bugger down. <laughs> <laughs> chucking that bugger. Did Boy, you butt out that deer? I did not butt out that deer, but the next one I get, okay, I'm just getting his butt out. Is that little Stevie I hear? No. Uh, <laughs> Drobop. <laughs> bow drop. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello. Stay tuned. I'll be back after my seizure. <laughs> Every little chipmunk that was running around, everything's dead quiet, and I went <laughs> like that. Just happened. Just happened. I saw what is in essence a nature gasm. <laughs> hey guys, you're listening to the Rutten River Pursuits podcast. We got a big show tonight. We sure do. Who's I think w- it's gonna be big. Who's here with me? It's Uncle Buck. This is Dave. I'm Catfish. I'm Steve. And I'm Will. Sonic Campfire Night. Yeah. <laughs> Got the flames. The fire is that going. Good one. Stoke that, yeah. <laughs> Man. Did you guys ever use a leaf blower to get a campfire going? Yeah. No. No. Highly suggest it. Is that something that happened this week? Oh, no. This this is ongoing. But look. Like, yeah. Yeah, put a little oxygen in it. It's great. <laughs> Only if you're of age, though. Yeah. Exactly. Legal age to use a leaf blower. If not, Sorry. <laughs> if you're over 18, just throw the oxygen tank straight on the fire. It helps. Oh, it's great. Don't do that. So it's bad. I hate to cut you guys off, but we have, <laughs> we have a guest tonight. We do. I'd like to bring him on the show. Have you guys... What's that, Will? Are you guys ever... Uh, What's that, Will? I'm whispering. I think we have a... We got a whisper. We got a whisper. Why are we whispering? Buck, Buck's whisper. I wasn't picking up on your whisper, but n- now I am. I get it. Yeah. So I think we need a whisper. Do you do that around bears? I, I, oh, I don't even know if I could whisper. I'm pretty sure this year, whenever Buck was in that tree stand and couldn't get down from that no, black bear, he was going, "Will, uh, no, Will, I, I bet Will help, Will help." I told that help. story tonight. I no, you can't tell it twice. <laughs> so who we got? Without further ado, I'd like to bring on the show Blaine Anthony, the Bear Whisperer. Nice. Hey, hey, Blaine, welcome. Hey guys, what's going on? How's it going, brother? I am uh, chilling, living the dream, as people say. That's what they do up in Maine. <laughs> it's chilling. It's because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the temperature. It's just chilling. Oh. That's, that's all we can do. We just walk around going, we're living the dream. And then we talk to ourselves. We go, living the dream, right? <laughs> right. Okay. You chilling? Yeah, I'm chilling. <laughs> well, if you like the wilderness, Maine is living the dream. Oh, it's gorgeous up there. I, oh, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I just don't even want to derail. But th- let's just start right there. Yeah. So that's where you're at, Blaine. Right now, you're up in Maine. I am. Oh man, it's. I've I've lived in New Hampshire. It was up in uh, what's it called, the White Mountains in Maine. The. Oh yeah, I was. I was born in North Conway, right by the White Mountains. Oh, such a gorgeous place on planet Earth. I, I'm jealous of you. It is. Uh, a good buddy of mine I worked with. He actually homesteaded in Maine, and really, his wife and himself lived in cabin they built mm-hmm. outhouse uh the, the no running water and did it for five seven that's the years. place to do it man yeah that'd be awesome yeah so blaine what have you been up to um actually i just literally got back from a uh spring bear hunt about uh four days ago and um 
I'll probably uh, soon be going out with some uh, bear biologists doing some bear trapping for conservation efforts, and uh, that's about it. We, we we kind of already determined that when you said I was from Maine. Pretty right. much nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that, Blaine. I, I here in Pennsylvania, they have a like a they have a uh, I don't want to say organization, but they have a a program where they go out and. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it in person, um, per se, where they get to pull bears, cubs out of the den while the mother's sleeping. Have you ever had the chance to do something like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the guy up here, Randy Cross, he's, he's, uh, he's the bear biologist and he, um, he's almost everybody's system, even in Canada kind of goes off of what he invented, you know, 35, 40 years ago. Um, and, uh, it is something amazing. I mean, just watching these guys work is, you know, and, and I'm sure the same thing in Pennsylvania and in Saskatchewan, Ontario, all those other places, um, watching those guys work is something that you realize how much you don't know when you talk to those guys. Sure. You know, I said on, I think episode one of the bear whisperer, I'm not the smartest bear guy. I'm just the guy smart enough to hang out with the smartest bear guys. And I can tell you those <laughs> yeah, guys buddy. smart bear guys. So, yep. There's gotta be something pretty epic about that moment where you like go down, like climb in the hole. I mean, unfortunately, I've only done that once with a fox, but to do that with black bears has to be like, is she asleep? I know she's supposed to be asleep, but like, is she playing possum? Cause I'm just chilling. Wait, like he came in here last year. So I'm going to go to sleep late and, and, and surprise him. And I know he's going and you're going in face first. Yeah. You're not coming out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not- I mean, it's so funny. I mean, I think, I don't know for me, I was never like, um, uh, scared, but I mean, there is something about, um, doing it that is, you think you're a tough guy until like your love handles can't make it through the hole anymore. And you're, <laughs> stuck. Story and in my you're life. Like, sitting there staring at a shadow that's like, you must leave now. And it's like, I can't. So let's not fight about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty intense. I, I unfortunately don't get that opportunity very often. Uh. But I mean, there's this um, uh, lady woman. We'll call her. Her nickname's Kid, but her name's Lisa Bates. She's part of the main bear crew, and and you'd swear she was 15 years old, and it'd be like, hey, Lisa, there's there's three 80 pound bears and a 200 pound bear in there. Dive in, and man, she doesn't hesitate. Goes yeah. straight in. It's, wow. it's unbelievable. Wow. Um, it, I'll tell you a quick funny story. She, we were on a mountain. Randy was actually hurt that week, and um, so it was like me and Lisa and two other guys. Um, she goes into this bear den, and I, I got to take Randy's place. And she's like, "Well, here's the thing: if I clap my boots together, of course there's snow everywhere and everything you can imagine. But she said, if I clap my boots together, I'm in trouble. Get me out of the hole." Because you can't really back out of it like you think you'd be able to. It's really tight quarters. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, that's never happened. I don't have to worry about it. Well, all of a sudden, she starts clapping her boots to get, together. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, she's dying. Yeah. I reach down, grab her by her feet, and both boots fly off, and I fly, fly 10 feet behind me. 
I was like, yeah, you need another assistant because that's like really bad. If, she, she wasn't in that big of a big of trouble. She just she had a two year old bear kind of swatting at her, and she wanted out. Oh, so, that's no big deal. Um, that happens no, all the all, time. Not no. at all. Yeah, what the heck? Call yeah. that Thursday. <laughs> I just can't imagine what goes through a cub's mind when it's it's new like that, and like it's with its mom. It's all warm and cozy. Mom's sleeping. We're chilling. We're hanging out, and then just all of a sudden. What the, the first thing they see in life that's awake is Blaine's face Blaine popping Anthony. down in the hole going, oh, <laughs> good morning, boys and girls. We're going to go to school this morning. Come on out here in the daylight. <laughs> that's what every bear attack you ever see on TV is my fault because the first thing I ever seen was my face <laughs> they have flashbacks of when they were babies uh, so, exactly yeah. <laughs> so what are they looking for when they're they're you know entering the den pulling out cubs they're going to be doing this for science it's not just for kicks it's not a bunch of rednecks just willy nilly seeing a bear den and going in they're pulling it out what are they looking for for science <laughs> Easy, Deke. Yeah. He's up on the redneck talk there. Buddy. I'm just saying that you can see if, if, if my if, kin are rednecks. If we, rednecks can go bear noodling just for fun, what's the big deal? Is that what we're calling that's, it nowadays? That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah, they, it's it's absolutely science. And if you spent um, if you spent a week with them, if you spent a week with the bear biologist, you would realize that. It's awesome for me to like say, hey, you know, I'm I'm literally in hell because I have to get up at five five a.m. to go meet them there. Um, they got to live in some pretty horrible quarters, and their days are long. They and they got to be expert snowmobilers. They got to be. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The the for me, honestly, the pure torture these guys go through every day for the you know, five minutes of awesomeness, they get to hold a cub. Um, but it's absolute science. Everything they do when they, when you're there, it's all business. I mean, they pull the sow out, they pull the the cubs out. Um, they weigh the sow, they check her fur, they check her weight. Now keep in mind that a lot of these, um, I think, uh, they went to a den this year and pulled a 29 year old sow out that Randy's been hit. Yeah, that Randy's been handling since it was a cub. What? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, absolutely insane. So, you know, the, you know, he's got a good idea of what that bear should weigh, what her coat should look like. Um, you know, there's so much stuff that goes into it. They weigh the cubs. They don't do much to, like, the baby cubs, and I'm going to say the, you know, five to – 13 pound, you know, true baby cubs. Um, they just stick ear tags in them. Um, because I just honestly, so many of them don't make the winter really that, you know, they, they'd lose so many GPS collars. It'd be unreal. Um, it's year two when they go back in those same cubs are still with the same sows. And that's when they put the GPS collars on the females and, um, kind of get, you know, where they walk, what they're doing. And then that's the first year that female has a collar on it. And then um, uh, that's when they name it and do all that cool stuff. But it's all science. I mean, literally a biologist could tell you, whether it be Pennsylvania or Maine, they can tell you how well the, the bear got to feed right before it, you know, went into the den. They could tell you, you know, just, you know, they, they, they take a hair sample. They, they tattoo the inside of lips so that if a male gets shot, um, they know when they took that out of a den, and I mean it's That's crazy. it's mm-hmm. 
It is. It's absolute. You know, us hunters truly owe them a great debt because they they know how many bears are out there and they know how many bears need to be harvested to keep the population in check so they're not in everybody's garbage cans. Yeah, and that's and that's that's not like a you like you said that's not like a glory job. You got to love it to do it. And it's Absolutely. It seems like Maine's doing it right because you don't hear a lot of negative bear stories out of Maine. You hear a lot of well, the population's I mean, good. Yeah. yeah, that's relative. I mean, coming down the PA, you're not, I don't know if Blaine might be able to tell a different story, you know. But, I, well, I, I don't think we have good, necessarily, control. I think our, our bears are. Oh, no, we do a good job in Pennsylvania. The problem in Pennsylvania is it's, we're not Maine. We don't have the habitat we don't have the the space that maine has and, and a lot there's of the, a, there's a lot more development our encroachment yeah exactly yeah, encroachment i guess and is where i'm a lot at. of the people i mean you, if you lived in maine i would imagine a lot of people stay in maine not too many people are relocating to maine and not used to bears compared to yeah here if a bear shows up in harrisburg people are making phone calls yeah, yeah exactly yeah. we got some yeah, it's on the news we got some trophy <laughs> trophy amazing black bears in pennsylvania like northern like where we went to soda's point when you drive through upper state pennsylvania there's there's some really good numbers of black bears mm-hmm. and some really healthy populations we don't see it of where we live in harrisburg area that's out but out east my, yeah, yeah. my where my sister lives they have bear all the time but so um, I was I hunted Maine one time. Um, one of the things I was most impressed with was in, in size of the flies. <laughs> the, the ones uh, that carried them, <laughs> carried them to his the flies. squirrels. No, so I want to say squirrels. Uh, now, the thing that I was most impressed with, and like to your point of going out and doing something very passionately in the name of science, that your your habitat alone, like. It's not like Big Woods, PA. Like it's like literally shades of darkness as you go into the woods. Like it, it, the, the foliage is so thick, the sun can't get to the ground. Yeah, wow. yeah. that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so thick there, and then you have the bogs and the ponds and the and the this. It's habitat bear, overload, bear paradise. Yeah, I yeah, would. Yeah. yeah, right. Yep, for sure. So I, I just I. Like uh, that, I think it's a classic argument of like you know why does Maine get to hunt over bait and and right. some of the things that you guys get to do that we don't get to do. Um, it's you would never you wouldn't kill bear you wouldn't see bear if you no. didn't have a way to and and to your point and somewhat to Buck's point like most of the people in in the eastern United States. One of the first things you think of when somebody says Maine is black bears. Like it's yeah. th- so they must they must be doing that good of a job because it pops right in your head. Black bear. As soon as you hear Maine, yeah, it's you know it's for people that are live out of state, Blaine. That's one of the first things we think of. That's because you can't find a deer up here. That's why. I I have my old <laughs> boss used to hunt. Him and his buddies have a cabin up there, and he would tell me stories. They would go every week to Maine, you know, deer camp. Guys hang out. And, sure. Uh, they would hunt all week. And uh, in the, like, 20 years that they've been going up there, my boss killed one massive, massive, like, 10-point. And it was because he literally sat down to take a break on a tram road, and the thing walked out and stopped. But he said he killed, like, three deer there in 20 years. But the deer you see are huge, huge deer. 
Is that true? Like yeah, we got body, monster deer. There's no body. question. Yeah. They're just not numbers of, of deer. No, there's no, no. When I used to guide the, um, you know, clients used to call and they'd go, how much is it for, you know, to come up for a week in deer hunt? And I'd say 500 bucks. Yeah. And they'd go, $500? Well, why so cheap? I'm like, because you're not going to see a deer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're coming up on a hunting trip. You know, that being said, I could show three, three of them a buck. You know, if I if I took twenty people hunting, um, and you know, out of those twenty, ten of them would see nothing. Right. Um, so it's a it's a super tough hunt. That being said, you know, a deer I shot back in uh, I think it was two thousand six. I mean, he field dressed. You know, after he was gutted out, you know, weighed he was two sixty four. Whoa! <laughs> um, tank. We yeah, call them so, tanks. I mean, our deer are big, a small elk. big. Oh man! Let, now, so I didn't know that about you. So let me do this. Let me do this podcast a solid and backup. Yeah. Let's take two steps back and yeah. tell me more about for people that don't know who Blaine is. Tell me more about uh, Blaine. Like how how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? What was your passions that got you into this? You know, wherever you want to head to that. But uh, like, say I don't know this anything is about. Be a- it's going to be a long story. Well, I'm going to try to make it as short as I can. Go ahead. You got so, uh, you got like 32 seconds. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, the, uh, it's funny because I was a military brat, so I traveled everywhere. But none of those places I traveled, my dad was kind of like one of those, I don't know, I'm going to say CIA type guy. So he never really wore uniform to work, but... Um, you know, I lived everywhere from Okinawa, Japan to, you know, Monterey, California to just, you know, a ton of different places. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I wasn't one of these guys that, you know, my granddaddy taught me how to hunt when I was 10 and, you know, all that stuff just never happened to me. I mean, I, I was, I literally, you know, made my own way since I was 15 years old, but my own way was in, um, you know, Annapolis, Maryland, you know, and New Jersey. So, and I did not hunt. I couldn't figure out what you guys were doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who would, who would want to kill one of them pretty deer? That's stupid. <laughs> well, that's because you didn't um, have off for school. That's why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was, I was probably living in Maine for a month. And, um, uh, at the time my girlfriend's, uh, Brother said, hey, come over to my house. We're playing Texas Hold'em. I go, oh, you guys are in trouble. Um, thought I was sitting there with a good hand. The guy had totally out-bet out me, to make a long story short. Um, and I couldn't cover the bet. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll put the money in. If you win, you get my money. If I win, I get all, the money you have in the pot, and you have to go hunting in the morning. And I'm like, dude, I am so going to take your money. At the time, I thought that. Well, yeah. needless to say, he won that hand, and I had to go hunting in the morning. Um, and uh, I had not – I've shot guns, um, always been a big Second Amendment advocate, no matter where I was at. But uh, hunting, I just couldn't figure out. Um, went hunting in the morning. Long story short, deer came across the ridge. I shot one, ran towards me, dropped dead. And um, at the time, um, I owned two computer stores, um, one in uh, Waterville, Maine, one in Skowhegan, Maine. And um, when that deer dropped dead, my buddy come running down the alley. He's like, that's so awesome. And I'm like going, and he goes, what do you think? And I looked him straight in the face. And I said, I'm going to figure out a way to do this for a living. That's cool. 
And um, I think at that time, that was the first animal I had ever harvested. And I think at that time I was 24, probably 25. Um, And so I don't have that normal story. Most of these, you know, let's quote unquote hunting show guys, which there's no, there's no famous people in this industry. We're all just hunters with cameras. Um, (laughs) But starting that day, um, I literally, I probably hunted more that first year after I had killed that deer than my, anybody I know had hunted in 10 years. Um, I just made it my, my life. I got my guide's license. I started guiding and then I watched the sportsman channel one day and went, holy cow, these guys suck. And I, I I could do so much better of a job, which turns out I couldn't have. Uh, uh, I had the worst show on television back in 2002, I promise. No. Um, it, it's funny. I, oh, God, dude. You, you watch these videos, and it's like, did I just say folks? Did I just really say folks? Um, I would say folks. Yeah, What's so wrong with it, folks? I like folks. Yeah. <laughs> I, it wasn't good for TV, I promise. Yeah. As long as you so, wasn't doing the Jersey water thing. What, yeah. How do they say yeah. Water. Water. What's up, folks? I'm uh, here hunting deer. What about it? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. I was trying to pretend like I was from the country back then. And, um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, pretty much went on from there. And then um, someone, I kept getting, uh, I was getting attacked by bears and it all kept it happening on film. So, the big joke in the wait, industry wait, was, you know, <laughs> yeah, pump yeah. the brakes yeah. on that one. <laughs> you kept yeah. getting attacked by bears on film. Yeah, like every, seemed like every bear that I encountered in the woods would like jump on me. I mean, I don't know what it was. If I was a giant donut or what was going on. <laughs> But everybody started calling me the bear whisper, like guys on the outdoor channel, guys, on, they're like, you're the bear whisperer, which is a joke because, um, you know, typically people call the bear whisperer, the idiots that think they can make a bear a pet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Camp with them, sleep with them. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, a big joke. And then we were driving, driving to Missouri one day and my buddy, uh, my cameraman at the time, Jason Lamro says, uh, we should start a show called the bear whisperer. And I was like, dude, that's pretty much all we do. I mean, like, you know, we go out with biologists and, you know, we hang out with like super knowledgeable bear guys. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so we did that. And um, that's how the whole entire bear whisperer thing started. I mean, it was uh, a quick, funny story. Discovery Channel producers and so on and so forth tried to sue me and say they came up with the Bear Whisperer first, and they're about to start a show called The Bear Whisperer, and I have to stop. True story. Really? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, they like attorneys, the whole spiel. And then, yeah, long story short, I'm like, I own the web address. I own the trademark. I I was smart enough to trademark it. Yes. Um, And I own everything else. And you, it's 2010 now. I started it in 2008, so have fun with suing me. Right. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, there is no bear whisperer on discovery channel, but I did say, I'll be happy to take your money. If you want to move my show over there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But they, they, you know, they didn't want to do that either. Yeah. So. I don't yeah. tell these stories very often, Blaine, but every time I go into the woods with a honey bun in my back pocket, the bears chase me too. I mean, why would you do that? Twizzler, man. 
bear, bear. Never put it together that for 13 years out in the woods and all these bears attacked me, I had my honey bun in my pocket. That was why. <laughs> That's incredible. So no, it was good. Um, one of the, I, I kind of along these lines, one of the uh, shows that I remember uh, is when you were on a, uh, a, a track of land that hadn't been hunted for bears in, in, in a very, very long time. And it recently got opened up and you were there in the, uh, the back of a, a, a tractor trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And the yep. bear pops up. I, can you expand that a little bit? I had tagged out. It was just a pretty much a standard Ontario bear hunt. And, um, um, the outfitter came up and said, Hey, if my daughter is the biggest fan of yours, if you could take her hunting, that would be awesome. And I said, Hey, I'll do one better and I'll, I'll, I'll film it. And to be honest with you, that was my way out of it. I was just going to send my cameraman. Um, (laughs) so long story, long story short, my cameraman says, same guy, Jason Lamro. Uh, I'm not going to take a 15-year-old girl out in the back hunting. It's just not going to happen, man. Like, you got to come. Needless to say, yeah, it, it was a junkyard, actually, and um, a tractor trailer full of um, cake frosting had flipped over. <clears throat> and they put it in the junkyard, and, yeah, the bears With had the invaded cake frosting this in junk- it. Full of cake frosting. They didn't take any cake frosting out whatsoever. So it was so bad that they police taped off the entire junkyard and wouldn't allow anybody in it because the bears had gone nuts in there. And I was like, I was like, yeah, let's go. So we hopped in the back of a different 18 wheeler trailer, I'm going to call it. That's like, and we said, that's like a bear, bear crack den. It I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but that is like, I, I'm picturing in my head, ta- please tape off. That is New Jack City for black bears. For black bears. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Exactly what it During was. A 16-wheeler down here just fell over full whopper ploppers. We wouldn't be running over <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Were they having seizures inside there or something? Well, I can imagine that once a few of them found it and led the other ones back, it was just like ants. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Blaine. I oh, digress. As soon as the Go- door was open. As soon as the door was open, it was crazy. But anyway, the... Long story short, I hop in the back of this 18-wheeler, and I'm sitting there eating Lucky Charms because I'm starving, and I look up, and sure enough, here comes this bear, and it, it was not a small bear. It was, a you know, ended up being 460 pounds, and it's walking wow. down this junkyard, and I'm going, you got to be kidding me. So I hide behind the tractor-trailer door, and this bear's snapping. He's growling. He's doing all the signs of two bears about to fight, so I'm like, there's another bear here. So he walks right underneath our trailer, um, and I'm looking for the other bear. I can't find him. Sure enough, he's not snapping at the other bear. He he smells us. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. Long story short, he lifts his head up into the back of this 18-wheeler trailer. I'm standing literally two feet from him. He looks at me. He looks at the girl. The only thing going through my mind is i got to protect the girl. Yeah, you know, and then I look down, and he puts his back paw on the back bumper like he's climbed up here a thousand times. And so I turn to look at the girl's name was Marty. I turn around and look at Marty to, and literally say, "I'm ready to say, you know, when I grab this bear and roll him out of here, you guys run." You know, because it was going to be a Tim Treadwell story about you know the grizzly bear that killed everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so when I turn around and look at her, she's at full draw. Her eyes are as big as golf balls, and tears are pouring down her face. And 
uh, you can hear it on camera. I go, Marty, shoot the bear. And I just took two steps back, and she let the arrow release and hit it right in the chest. The, the bear fell off the back of the trailer and ran into the woods. Wow. It, but it was an insane day. Dude. I was hopping around that, I'll never with forget that girl it. in the Sounds trailer like, like it was attack. eight. Yeah, that yeah, is... exactly. I told her. I mean, in the in the car, actually, I think it's on film. It was on the show. I said, it's pretty much all downhill from here. <laughs> Nothing will ever yeah. be more exciting than that. I, I'll so, never yeah, forget it. Was pretty it. cool. How old is that girl? She was 15. 15 at the time, yeah. Dang. Wow. And, yeah. Like, she's just... now like Uma Thurman. I, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> when I saw that bear Kill pop Bill. up, my heart sunk. How long ago was this story? I didn't see that. I didn't. I didn't. It was on. See that it was on an episode. I, yeah, just I don't know what episode. season that was. God. Yeah, you can go to. Oh, here comes a plug. You ready for this? Yeah. You can edit this out. No, no. no. <laughs> plug away. Oh, it's the Outdoor Adventure Network. It's O A N um, TV dot com. O A N TV dot com, and um, every episode of the Bear Whisperer is on there. And actually. The shows get aired on that network before it even gets aired on the Pursuit Channel. So Wow. Awesome. Um, you can go well, to OANTV.com and watch that entire episode. It is, it's something to behold because you tell the story and people go, yeah, right. Then they watch it and they go, holy yeah. cow, that happened exactly the way he said it did. I'm actually kind of <laughs> happy I didn't see it because it was a good story for me to hear first. Now no, I yeah, want to go yeah. watch it. Yeah. What was your cameraman thinking at that time? Like, How do you maintain composure? I, I got to be honest. I don't know because he would. Jason, if you're listening, I love you, brother. But <laughs> he did not love the fact that I was trying to get as close as I could to bears all the time. Yeah. Um. And and I can't believe he kept the camera rolling. To be yeah. completely honest, we we were we were buffalo hunting one time, and this like three thousand dollar three thousand pound buffalo. It was way more than three thousand dollars. Three thousand pound <laughs> buffalo. Um. Uh, I had shot another buffalo in like the, they call it the herd buffalo, I guess. And it's like 3000 pounds. It had stopped like 10 feet from us and was stomping its feet and blowing out its nose. You could feel the ground vibrating the whole thing. And, um, oh, all God. I had was a bow. And uh -huh. I'm like, after he eventually walked off, I turned around and looked at him. I was like, dude. That's so epic. We got that on film. That's going to be killer. You know, fair chase buffalo, the whole thing. And um, he's like, you didn't think I was really going to move to hit the record button, did you? Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he was uh, petrified. So, And then we were calling bears one time, and this bear probably came, I don't know, six, seven yards from us and, and stepped up on a rock, and all of his, like, claws came out like freddy krueger same exact situation you can hear him in the background i can't use the swear words but he was going i don't get paid enough for this i'm, out. I'm never doing another hunt because uh, the bear was looking for us because i was calling him but uh yeah so the fact that he he never paused on that hunt was absolutely amazing oh. i wish that i could have seen some of the life through your eyes and I mean, TV is one thing, but to live a life like you have and to 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 feel it and to be in the outdoors, to see it and and live it, that's really awesome. That you've had quite a run, boss. I absolutely love the outdoors. I do these outdoor. Um, I call them outdoor film schools. Um, I do these outdoor film schools, and um, I tell everybody like you have to love this because you can make so much more money selling cars. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know that's, I mean? So, if that's not the motto of this story, I mean, you know, being a horrible poker player couldn't couldn't possibly hurt nothing either. I can't make money playing poker. I can't flip Big Macs. I gotta, I got, I gotta be in the outdoor industry. I gotta be a knuckle dragger. So, Blaine, I I hate to ask you, but what do you do for excitement in your life? <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. I mean, it's it's a uh, you know I, I own Nature Productions, which is an outdoor production. We actually uh, produce 16 television shows from Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, Discovery Channel, um, and Pursuit Channel. So um, that's actually my day job. That's how I make money. TV's kind of a, you have to love it. And here's the thing, I tell everybody, here's at the end of the day, you've got to love television and cameras. If you love hunting, just hunt, brother, because I am telling you, television has nothing to do with hunting. Nothing. Right. It's smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's it. The best hunters I know are not on television. Period. No. I mean, like period. Yes. So, Amen. TV's this... awesome. I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's it's like racing cars. You know what I mean? You you collect four hundred dollars to buy thousand dollar tires. Um, it's, it's kind of the same exact situation. So it's a, um, it's a passion TV's, uh, I think a niche in itself because, you know, great hunters, typically, you know, the, um, Chuck Adams of the world, you know, the guy never had an inspiration to be on TV, became famous, but, um, he's a great hunter. He's not a great TV guy. I think a lot of what TV does, though, Blaine, was was actually just give a lot of these guys the opportunity to hunt places they never could have before. You know, like that's, that's exactly what it is, yeah. right? I mean, I went to Ireland and hunted red stag and fallow deer. Um, in my real life, I could have never done that. Yeah. In a million years, right? I mean, I, it's because of television I was able to do such a thing. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Tell me more about those uh, red stag and those fallow deer there, because I, I was there, I was lucky enough to be in Ireland in the Ring of Kerry area. I believe it was Killarney Castle. And they had some incredible European mounts in there. And they said that those deer were were extinct now in Europe. And they had incredible racks, but then they said that the red like stack the were their dis- yeah, oh, bigger than elk. I mean, they were like almost like the um, ice age version of an elk. I, but uh, but, yeah. but tell tell me more about this Ireland experience. Yeah that that was um, that was uh, I could tell you some funny stories, but I mean, as far as the hunting goes. Um, you know, Ireland is actually one of the few places you can go and still hunt um, a true red stag. The the um, I'm just going to say other there's some other countries that you're you're hunting red stag, but they've been bred with literally North American elk mm-hmm. um, to get the bodies bigger. So you're uh, those those critters are actually called F ones. They're not called they're not really red stags so ireland and like argentina they really have true red stags and these things are 1000 percent majestic i mean they're um, the most amazing animals you've ever seen in your life typically there's sick to deer there with them or sick deer however people want to pronounce them um but uh I got to tell you, it was it was definitely one of the most killer trips I've ever been on. The, really? Yeah, it, the mountains, the people, g- generally the people were 
just exact the the cabin we stayed in had like a big shamrock on it. I mean, it was literally like storybook cool. Yeah. I mean, it really was. I'm so glad that we made this connection to have you come on the show at Spring Bear. In a lot of places, uh, Pennsylvania is not one of those, and, and 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 Maine is not one of those. Is that correct? No, there is some in Maine. The Indian lands, they do some spring bear hunting up here. Um, Matagamon, Matagamon Wilderness Camps um, is is just an outfitter that comes to mind. I know they they do spring bear hunting on um, Indian land. So the, there is some spring bear hunting up here, without a doubt. How far away are you from the Canadian border? Um, I can hit Canada in about an hour and a half. Yeah, so wow. you're pretty far yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. So, Blaine, it, it's obvious that you're you're heavily involved with, with bear conservation, and you're also heavily involved as a bear hunter, right? So c- could you connect those two together for our listeners that may not be able to make that connection? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, well, what you just said, um, like in my mind, personally, doesn't make sense, right? Hunters are conservationists. If, if it, It's all one big thing. There's no true conservationist. There's no true conservationist in the world that believes hunting is a bad thing um, because hunting is a huge part of conservation it's it's maybe the biggest part and if you go back it's it's in season one some at some point in the bear whisperer when i'm talking to the biologist um and i'm just going to reference what he said if if it wasn't for hunters bears would be nothing more than rats with short tails they they'd be in your garbage they'd be all over the place you know just causing havoc if it wasn't for hunters, there, there is no other way to control the population of bears. Um, and the fact that we heat, the, the fact that we eat them and they taste awesome and we get, you know, the meat out of them. I mean, that's yeah. all even just kind of off to the side. But at the end of the day, conservation and hunting is really just one. I mean, um, I can't remember who it was, Theodore Roosevelt or something like that, that said, if, if you want to save an animal, sell a tag for it. Yeah, um, it it's, it's, it's all just really one thing. Hunting is part of conservation. I don't know any real hunter, any real ethical hunter that wants to hunt an extinct animal. Well, that's that it. There's only a hundred of them left you know what i mean you want to see them thrive yeah and that's Mm -hmm. it what you're doing with your scientists up there in maine is modern day trying to what what you're doing is exactly what we're trying what we did wrong back when like hunting was the lifestyle of the indians of the american buffalo and you know white europeans came in and hunting them to damn near extinction because there was no regulations it just the shooting from daylight till dark and you know there was a nice there was a really rich nature uh balance when the indians hunted them you know and used them for what they were um now don't get me wrong they counted in the millions on the plains but they also had the the open area for them to do that back then there was no structure like there was today but without what you're doing with your scientists in maine the balance of maine's black bears probably would be nowhere near as strong as it is. So, absolutely. I mean, it's number one question I get. How can you, 
you know, going to dens and hold these cute little bears and then, you know, three months later go hunt them. It's because I care about those little bears. Yeah, because mm-hmm. my cast iron you know skillet I mean? it, gets it, cold. It, it all goes October. hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, I understand that people from PETA um, don't understand, they, right? They they literally don't understand what what we're saying and what we're feeling, and yeah. um, you know, they have a very warped sense of of what we do. But I mean, at the end of the day. Hunting is conservation. It's uh, it's part of conservation, is what I should say. And you know the uh, main, the head main bear biologist, the exact same guy I was talking about at the beginning of this entire segment, is a registered main bear guide. Used to guide people out on main bear hunts, um, and not because he wants to. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Not because he wants to see bears die, because he knows more than anybody how important it is that we control the population and that bears thrive well you that's grow, why we hunt yeah you grow a healthier population through that too you don't have a bunch of stagnant well not only that yeah and yeah. and on, on top of that exactly what you said blaine is a lot like you you didn't understand either until you did it till exactly till you went that's and the there's, whole point. there's a lot of people in the world that love to argue points to the death that they believe something so passionately but they really don't know what they're arguing um you know like i'm dead set against styrofoam i hate styrofoam i won't use styrofoam i i get, can't stand people at work that use five styrofoam cups to go get water and throw them out but you know five times a day and i'm all against styrofoam but go on you know at at the same time i'm starting to learn that there are like medical things now being used from styrofoam that are saving lives and so like i wanted styrofoam to be like extinct extinct and actually it's it's used for a lot of really great medical things that i had no clue about so um but it's it's all balance it's all balance and perspective if 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 some of the anti-hunters and, and people in the world would actually go with you to try to learn with what you do, to understand you and what you do, you can change a perspective, vice versa. I can I can take a day off of hunting and, you know, go eat a salad and understand that the world's beautiful without killing something on, sure. on a Sunday. We don't hunt in Pennsylvania <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, you, and you wouldn't eat a salad. Not generally. So you touched base about um, we where we talked about that we're not having – a season in the spring for bear in Pennsylvania. Um, and so I've only ever eaten fall black bear. Is there a difference in taste for the spring black bear? Um, you know, I'll be honest. I, I guess I, I would say for me, no, not, not, at, I mean, everything, it doesn't matter what kind of meat you eat, right? I don't care if it's cow from the store or, venison or or bear or anything else um you know bear you know bear meat tastes like bear meat i I would if you just cooked it on the grill didn't spice anything i could tell you that's deer that's cow that's bear right i mean they all have this distinctive taste and i think um uh bear is the same no matter what um you know that being said if you kill a fall bear um or i should say harvest before politically correct um if you harvest a fall bear um it's it's definitely got a lot more fat to it it's definitely got a lot more grease to it if somebody eats bear and says i hate it it's because it just wasn't cooked right like anything else right yeah right i mean we have the advantage to say oh no cow's perfect every time no cow's not perfect every time it's 
perfect every time because professional butchers butcher that cow so it tastes perfect every time and bear and deer and everything else is the exact same way um but yeah i'd say there's no taste difference you know to me anyway i mean you'll get people that i'm sure argue the point but i mean to me it tastes exactly the same awesome good to know we're running up on time, Blaine, and I have I have like two or three hundred more questions, but I want to ask at least one more. Um, so, is there a is there a time in your life where you would have say, wait, I'd normally like to ask about a bucket hunt, like something that you would love to do you haven't done yet, but I'm gonna more specific specifically ask, like. Would you like to go to some like really crazy like northern northern fly in Russia to see, or have you maybe I don't know uh, to like hunt nor- um, northern northern brown bear like that? Um, I think that that would be killer. I mean, definitely number one on my bucket list is a you know a, you know the whole Kodiak bear thing, probably grizzly bear thing. Um, an advantage of TV is that you don't have to um, pay for most of the things that you do. Um, you know, especially when you, you know, when you've been on TV, you know, I think this is my 17th year, but you know, when you get to that year 10, a lot of people know who you are. They'll give you a free hunt just for the advertising. Right. Um, grizzly bear or, or, you know, brown bear, that is not the case. Those guys are booked 100%. There's no reason for them to give you a free hunt because their phone's going to ring anyway because um, there's so few of those hunts available. Yeah. Um, and and they're, uh, you, you know, a good one's 20 grand. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I was thinking that, more along that, the lines of, like, just, like, stealing a helicopter, picking up Kerry Zelka, <laughs> flying to Russia because that's, like, her right, dream hunt. You're going to push me to say it, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I would love to do that hunt. <laughs> and we're going. I'm a diva, and I'm a bit of a diva, and I need toilet paper and a bathroom and a shower and things like that. And so, I need honey buns and gummy Do I want to live on a mountain perfect. for two weeks? No. I got no interest in living on a mountain for two weeks without, like, amenities of, of things. Of, and and, I, and I, that's probably just my upbringing, but, um, you know, the whole world. When I went to Ireland, I learned a very valuable lesson because I and seriously said, seriously said, not as a joke, leave me on the side of this mountain. I do not want to climb anymore. Right. There's nothing at the top that's worth the rest of this travel. <laughs> well, um, no, no, there's not I, a lot of men that know what that feel like, and I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure in Alaska, I, I said the same thing once or twice. Just leave me here and die. You can take <laughs> exactly. Tall sheep hunts are killers, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I love the hunting and I love the um, all of that. But when you know someone says, "Hey, you want to go stay in a tent in Colorado for ten days?" No. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't even have to hesitate. Yeah, no, awesome. no, not interested. That that just sounds miserable. Um, because, and I've said it on my show, so it's not a big secret. You know, I'm all about the fun. You know what I mean? Right, I, I mean, right. I really am. I mean, I, 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 and I think you know, if anybody's listening, that's listening to this, you are not too old. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got in. The, I literally started my first day when I was whatever in my mid twenties. Um, so you're not too old. And I can tell you that there's no, you can't do anything else on this planet that makes you feel like you've won 
you've caught the winning touchdown at the Super Bowl like hunting does for you. Right. And if you're sitting at home, if you don't believe that, then just try it. Yeah. That's right, all I'm asking. Right, right, right. Just try it. Because it's a feeling you you can't put into words. You yeah. can't put in, and it's not about the killing. No. You guys know that, but yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, that's what they think. It's about the killing. It's not because you killed an animal because, um, you know, it's about the, it's about the experience and the hunt. And that's what I'm all about. And the fun and the camaraderie. Let's say, I mean, how long have we known each other for an hour? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I, I feel like I'm family with you Absolutely. guys. Amen. Dude, I can't wait. You have seven new best friends. That's yeah, what I, we say. Absolutely. I can't yeah. wait for you to skip out on your brown bear hunt, save your 20 grand, come down here and play <laughs> poker with us. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I've never. See, now you want to play poker with me, man. You get <laughs> I'm saying. But, Blaine, you got to stacking up with questions right now. Too, I've never because... been blessed to the point you know, where I've lost a hand in poker and had to go. Thank you, brother. Next day. Yeah. Well, in, in one uh, entire heart. lifestyle. Yeah, oh. turned it into a career. Hey, Blaine, I, right. I need to ask right. you, I, I, I was going to ask a similar question to Uncle Catfish's, but I was going to twist it around. Twist it around, buddy. Uh, start twisting. It. Just grab and twist. Uh, um, but if there was any species that you could get in and research and, 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 and do exactly what you did with the bear, where you've researched and you've been a part of that, of the biological mermaids and, and then Merman. and, and as Merman. well as hunted what would be another species that you, what would be that bucket list species that you could get into the scientific side and the hunting side the white unicorn yeah okay listen closely because i i already know the answer i'm glad you i love this uh, that's Mer- awesome Mermaid. You didn't even answer. Mermaids. <laughs> I already knew the answer. He said, Uncle Buck says, I know what Is that because saying. they're topless? <laughs> <laughs> they're no, I, honestly, I got to tell you that I would love to know, um, especially on the conservation aspect of the thing, uh, of everything, I would love to know a lot more about, like, a brown bear. Yeah. Okay. You know, because it's really not the same. You know, it, it's funny. I tell people all the time at like seminars and mm-hmm. other things that I go do that um, I'm if the if the show name were to be real, it would be the Black Bear Whisperer, right? Because grizzly bear and brown bear are a you know though they're they're you know they just seem like a big brown black bear. Um, it's really not true. Right, grizzly bears and brown bears have their own things that they do. They have their own attitudes. They have their own um, everything. So I would love to know, you know, more about probably that. Even though it uh, feels like I'm kind of answering the question with the same animal, but it's really not. No, the, no, it's a totally different genetic. Uh, you know, hares and rabbits are different too. I mean, they they just to study them would be way different, even though they look similar. So I get that. That is such sure. a mind blowing yep. answer because you've, you you know bears so well that it is too. Separate. Somebody who's listening to this though literally just went out and trademarked grizzly bear whisper. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. the bear whisper told him yeah. that it's okay to do it. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, I may, I, I, I might end up saying, "Well, this is exactly like a black bear." But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't know. Well, yeah. this is exactly I, like I, your I, poker. I don't know night. nothing. This, this was exactly. This I is your poker know. hand. The you know, I'm our, gonna start playing poker again. Maybe I'll lose a bet about studying grizzly bears. That yeah. would be cool. Oh man, R two is supposed to talk to you in the night so that you can go trademark the grizzly bear whisper. I 
All and, and I just <laughs> move to Alaska, drop everything. Take, like I'm here. Take a tractor and trailer full of cake ice yep. with you. Yep. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't get a chance to say it earlier. Whenever and old Buck number said, seven. So what do you do on a Friday night for fun? And I was going to say, oh, I rub my body over with cake icing and run around the tundra of Alaska, going here, bear. Come on, <laughs> come on, wife. <laughs> come with me. I got some fun stuff to do. <laughs> oh. Now th- this has been awesome, dude. Thank you so much for joining us, and and we, you know we are oh. bumping up on time here uh, again, as uh, usual. It's, it, this we just get into these great conversations. We're and jerks, we gotta, yeah. Then we got to tail it off. But um, Blaine, thank you so much. Where can- hey man, I appreciate seriously you guys inviting me out, you reaching out and uh, wanting to talk, and uh, I'm always looking to make new friends. I can count them on one hand, so now I can't even count them on two hands. Nope. There's seven of no, no, you. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Blaine, if people want more of you, if they're not satisfied with this hour, how can they get more of, of Blaine Anthony, the Bear Whisperer? Um, you know, the best way to do it is honestly, you know, you can go to out, uh, Outdoor Adventure Network, OANTV.com, um, or OutdoorAdventureNetwork.com, but OANTV.com, and um, you can watch from episode one, and um, I mean, you'll see on the show that I'm the exact same guy that's talking to you guys. I don't have a TV version of myself. I, I just, I am who I am, and... Um, um, that's probably the best way. I mean, it's, it's, or, or you can watch me on pursuit channel. I think right now I'm on uh, Thursday nights at eight thirty, Sundays at, uh, 11. And for all the West coast people that are listening to you, um, it's midnight East coast. So it's like 10, nine or 10 o'clock on the, uh, on the West coast, um, on the pursuit channel. Um, and, uh, probably the, greatest outdoor network i've done business with and i've done business with them all trust me when i tell you how about uh um, they're, they're, how about facebook or instagram any of those handles uh yep um you can go to uh facebook.com i think it's the bear whisperer um but you you can just uh you know obviously search the bear whisperer and i'll pop up there there's there's a few others that call themselves the bear whisperer but I'm the only one that counts. There's <laughs> only one Blaine Anthony. No, I totally get that. There's a lot of catfishes in the world. I That's feel, true. I, That's true. So, I watch one on MTV, just so you know. I feel so bad for that. <laughs> <laughs> Always bet on black. You know what? If you were to be playing roulette that night, your life, you, maybe you've been studying be sharks. Different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shark whisper. I'd be the shark whisper. Oh, awesome. Boy. Well... Thank you so much, Blaine. Guys, where can they find us? You can find us at RuttenRiverPursuit.com. You can also search any social media outlet for Rutten River Pursuit. You can look us up on YouTube at Rutten River Pursuit Podcast. Download any podcast app and search Rutten River Pursuit. Download all of our weekly episodes. Give us a review. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, I'd like to say one last thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's rut and river. Yes. Correct. R-U-T. See, you, you, you guys say it so fast that it sounds like rut and river pursuits. <laughs> right. That, so I'm just giving the viewers a hand there, be, the, the listeners, because, um, you know, you guys say it so fast that, you know, I want to make sure they get the full. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Good point. Yeah. R-U-T and river? Yeah. 
There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Half the time we just say R2 and we don't we we hope they get it. All right, guys. See ya. Thanks, Blaine. Thanks, Blaine. Take your ease. Appreciate it, guys. Trash Panda Quiver. Love y'all. Great weightless. Hey guys, you're listening to the Rutten River Pursuits podcast. Start over. How's it feel? <laughs> I didn't like that. One. You're going in face first. Yeah, you're not coming out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not- I mean, it's so funny. I mean, I think, I don't know, for me, I was never like um, uh, scared, but I mean, there is something about um, doing it that is, you think you're a tough guy. Until, like, your love handles can't make it through the hole anymore. And you're <laughs> stuck. Story and you're, like, sitting there staring at a towel that's like, you must leave now. And it's like, I can't. So let's not fight about this. Yeah, yeah. Before we start, I just want to say, Blaine, I've always wanted to hug three bear cubs, by the way. <laughs>